Okay. All right. Hey, hey, guys. Hey. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. This is our pre-show. Uh, thank you for listening. And yes. We really love you guys. And yeah, we want you. Uh, we want your engagement. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to see you uh, on our Instagram. Maybe say something. Yeah, uh, find us there. Thanks to those of you who have so far. Mm-hmm. Also, wanted to say uh, we in, we started the last episode with a sort of a, a, an excerpt from an essay that I had written, um, and we posted the text of that on the Instagram. If you want to read it, it's there. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you guys. On to the show. All right. It comes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger, stranger out of credit. It's a dream that you don't want to be Passing over the songs. Glimmer, glimmer, shift the shift in the scene. Think you saw it, saw it. You feeling feisty? I am. Um. I'm feeling very Star Wars esque, very uh, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, very. Yeah, you were you were evoking um, or invoking <laughs> the rebellion, yeah. and and the Galactic Empire, mm-hmm. and also the uh, earlier, uh, just the whole the whole ma- Matrix uh, <clears throat> uh, metaphor and uh, schema. Yeah, totally. Well, I think we've noticed, or we have been feeling over the last maybe week specifically, some things really shifting and and taking some new shape and forms and divides furthering. Um, So we thought we'd get into that and see what we can make of it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this a lot, a lot of this is, uh, um, it's like not only understanding where we are, but where we're going and also what kind of future do we want? I think that's, I think that's something that's really important for us to be able to kind of cast vision right. of the future <clears throat> that we want. Um, right. Which is something we've kind of, a, a statement we've arrived at a number of times mm-hmm. in earlier episodes, mm-hmm. uh, but it seems very salient right now. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll start with this bit of news. Oh Yeah. And see see where that takes us. <laughs> where does it take um, us? And I, you know, I suspect many of us are going to find ourselves in this situation, if you haven't already. Um, but I have found myself in the situation of uh, my employment now being contingent upon me receiving a COVID nineteen vaccine. So my company announced last week. Uh, that employment would, or that vaccination would be a condition of employment moving forward, and that if anyone had not, you know, uploaded a vaccine card to the company database, I think by September 24th, then uh, November 16th would be your last day. Um, so that's a big deal. So how does that make you feel? <clears throat> wow, a lot. Uh, angry. Um, betrayed a bit. Um, I definitely second guessed myself. I questioned it. So just so everyone knows, I, you know, my position on the vaccine is that that's my private business. Um, it's, it's my choice, my private choice to decide how to administer medicine to myself with my doctor and none of anyone else's business. That's my position on it. But I will tell you my position, which is that I have chosen not to receive the vaccine and I don't have any intention of doing so. Um, And I told my employer that. And so as far as I can tell, as of now, my employment will be ending. Um, So I was frustrated because, well, I just feel like it's, It's just amazing to me that not only a company, but now the president of the United States is saying that if you do not do what we're asking you to do, then you can no longer sort of engage in not only polite society, but you're, you're unemployable mm-hmm. is, is the desired goal, it seems. So that's really frustrating. It makes me really angry, um, you know, of my own com- company, my own employer, I feel betrayed because I feel like I've, I've 
worked really hard for them for a very long time. And to just be told, you know, hey, in two months, you're done. And it has nothing to do with my performance and nothing to do with the value that I add to the company. It's simply on this very politically charged um, health decision mm-hmm. that, you know, and they say, we respect your decision. Well, my decision does not feel respected at all. Um, and I work from home, which <laughs> <laughs> makes the whole thing even a little bit more um, head spinning. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it makes me think, well, what is this about then exactly? Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm curious to see how that's going to go down Yeah, in terms of not just my company, but all, all the companies who either already are or will be imposing a similar mandate. Um, and I wonder about the types of people who are willing to say, you know, no, I'm, you know, it's, it's not about the vaccine necessarily. But if you're asking me to inject myself with something under threat of loss of income, that to me is a principled stand. Even if I had decided today that I wanted to get the vaccine, I don't think that I would. I wouldn't so that I can keep my job. Like that, that is a coercive behavior. You should not receive drugs for monetary reasons. (laughs) Uh That seems very wrong to me. Yeah. So I wonder about the people who are willing to say, you know what, no, I'll, I'll you know, that's going to hurt to lose my job, but I'll figure something out. Who are those types of people? Yeah. How many of them will there be? Mm-hmm. What will they go and do? Yeah. And this whole thing is dividing society into two camps. And these, these mandates seem to have really drove a wedge deeper into that. And what is that going to do? What kinds of people are you going to have on both sides? And what are the outcomes going to be in terms of what they then do? Well, it seems like also it's, it's not just a matter of like these two groups are vaccinated, unvaccinated. It's like, you're seeing a lot of people who are vaccinated going, Whoa, wait a minute. This Mm -hmm. is, this is going too far. Right. So it's like, so it's, I think that's something to kind of point out as far as like, it's really, not necessarily even about being vaccinated or unvaccinated. It's about somebody dictating to you what you can and can't do. Or like, I mean, employment, banking, there's some really specific things that I think are really, you're starting to kind of tread a certain line. Right. Well, and I would like to make a point. I'll try, try to make this point. You Mm -hmm. tell me if this is clear to you, but, um, so my position on the on the vaccine always has been uh, since they were originally talked about um and, w- and when they w- were put out. I mean I have questions. I feel like my questions are valid. I have mm-hmm. concerns. I don't think it's relevant to this discussion to to enumerate what those are necessarily, yeah. but <clears throat> my position has kind of been well, COVID has some amount of unknown long-term risk. Mm-hmm. We know that there is such a thing as long COVID. We don't know how long it's going to last. Um you know the the, the symptoms associated with the disease are many, mm-hmm. right? Um, so there's risk there. The vaccine also has unknown long-term risk for a very different reason. And I think mm-hmm. that reason is that, uh, well, it just hasn't been around, or maybe it's a similar reason. It just hasn't been around long enough for us to know anything about what's going to happen, you know, a year, two years, five years down the road. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we have two unknown risks And the decision for me is not based upon which risk is greater or less. The decision for me is one of these risks I can opt out of. COVID, I can't opt out of. I I, I can't control whether I get it or not. Mm -hmm. You know, I think society has come to a state where they believe that you can control whether you get COVID. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that to be true. I mean, I think that you can, surely you could lock yourself in your house for alone, right? And, mm-hmm. and really limit your exposure, right? So you have some control, but at the end of the day, you, you can't guarantee you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't opt out of that risk. I can opt into, uh, exercising and eating healthy and exposing myself to vitamin D. I can do those things. Um, but I can't opt out of the COVID risk. I can opt out of the vaccine risk mm-hmm. by not taking it. Yeah. Now, is that, the best outcome for me, I don't know. 
Is that the best outcome for someone else? I don't know. I think that we all have to evaluate that on our own and decide what kind of risk we want to take. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what's really disturbing to me about the vaccine mandates is generally government and society is set up in, in terms of uh, dictating behavior. They, they say, here's what we can't do. Here's what you're not allowed to do. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to drive on the left side of the road. You're not allowed to break the speed limit. You're not allowed to, um, you know, murder. murder yeah. um, but in this case, government is saying, here is what you must do. So I see that as someone in authority, whether it's my company or the government saying to me, we are removing your ability to opt out of risk. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the essence of tyranny. It's very similar in my mind to the idea of compelled speech. Hmm. It isn't what you can't say, whether that's, you know, fire in a crowded building or whatever. It's what you must say. Yeah. You must say these things, whether that's Jordan Peterson and what happened with him in, um, you know, that the pronoun thing, mm-hmm. um, in Canada or, um, you know, you must say the pledge of allegiance. You know, we've never compelled speech in this country. Mm-hmm. We've never compelled behavior in this country, you know, with notable exceptions, I would say like the draft would be one. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my opinion, for an authority to say, yeah, you've done your risk assessment. You've decided to opt out of this kind of risk in favor of this kind of risk. And we're not allowing you to do that. That feels like in my gut, coercive, manipulative, ethically wrong. Yeah. That is, that is infringing upon my rights in a way that I think references the way rights used to be talked about. Mm-hmm. I think there's, there's a, um, there's a shift to try to talk about rights, not as um, unalienable, endowed to you by something other than government and society. Yeah, it's inherent in the Inherent in, yes, in the individual. Um, there's a, there's a, tr- a move to try to talk about rights, not as that, but as privileges. Mm-hmm. The, government, the government gives you these rights, right. so the government can take them away. Where right. If it's inherent in an individual... Then the government is there to uphold and protect those rights. Right, exactly, no, they can't they can't take away or give you right. those things. Yeah. which is the difference between the French Revolution and the American Revolution is mm-hmm. that very factor is like the French Revolution kind of came with the idea of like the government's going to give you these rights versus like the, the American Revolution is more of like these rights are inherent in you, the individual. And that was the big idea, mm-hmm. yeah. the, the new idea mm-hmm. that separated. United States of America from any other democracy ever conceived of. But so for a government to say, like, it's one thing for them to say, um, I'm sorry, you're not allowed to do that mm-hmm. for the good of the people that, that makes some amount of sense, but for them to say, you're not allowed to opt out of this thing that you say is that you feel like is risky. That's a completely different thing. Well, I think too, I mean, the other side of it is, not the other side, but a, a point in this area is the logic is so flawed. And I, I'm seeing this with the, the idea between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. It's as if the, un, the vaccinated cannot get COVID or spread COVID, mm-hmm. which is just not true. Like right. that's just, that's just a, a, you know, the best that you could probably say. And again, uh, these are things we're going to be working out over the next two to 10 to five, whatever, many years. Right. Like what has actually happened here? We don't know. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, is like, you know, you, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated both get COVID and can spread COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is said that if you do get the vaccine, that you might have mild, milder symptoms. Right. And I think there is some, evidence to that degree Uh, whether that's true or not i don't know but but for the individual your symptoms may be less Mm -hmm. and so it's like okay cool get that but the rhetoric around it is as if the vaccine the unvaccinated are keeping 
is our, we're not able to eradicate COVID because of the unvaccinated, which is just foundationally untrue. Yes, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you can see the, the, the logical fallacies, even in, in Biden's speech that he made on all of this, mm. you know, where he said, get the vaccine, it's safe, it's affected, you'll be protected. And then he subsequently say, said, we are going to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated, which would nullify his first point. Um, yeah. You know, so I'm not sure. Wait, before you go on, like, how does it nullify his first point? I think it's really good to be clear on, on that. Well, because he previously said the vaccine protects you. Mm-hmm. And then he said you're in need of protection from the unvaccinated. Well, if the vaccine protects you, then you're not in need of protection. So I think that is a that is a very critical fact that is keeps getting overlooked. And that, 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 those kind of things really bother me. Now, whether you, you choose to get vaccinated or not vaccinated, um, that's your personal choice. And, and, and I can see reasons for both, you know? Right. But that type of rhetoric drives me absolutely crazy. Okay. If, if the vaccinated are safe and it has some sort of positive effect for the vaccinated, then how, why are you trying to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated? That's just, there's no, the logic just it's not there. falls apart. And, and I don't really see anyone even attempting to answer that question. Uh-oh. It's just a shut up, don't think about it. Totally. Do what we're asking you to do. Repeat the narrative. We're, we're as in Biden's words, we're frustrated with you. Yeah. Our patience is growing thin. Mm-hmm. And these are direct quotes from the president of the United States. Yeah. That to me is enough to be suspect of the whole endeavor. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's, you know, there's something, maybe it's something about me that is contrarian a bit, but if you are not making sense and then you're telling me that you're frustrated with me, that you're not making sense, sorry, I don't know what it is that you're trying to do or get me to engage in here. Yeah. So forgive me if I think there's something else up your sleeve. Mm-hmm. Like forgive me if all of a sudden my mind goes to why is it so important that everyone gets this drug when you can't explain why everyone should get this drug. Well, especially right now, whenever so many think more things are coming into, and again, this is, uh, we're all missing this because we're so focused on our division. And again, this is not whether you chose to get vaccinated or not get vaccinated. The more, the idea is that, you know, there's, there's all these like the idea of boosters and a pill that might be coming out to Mm -hmm. help. I mean, it's like, well, well that's, where, where does this, where, where does, does it go? This go? Yeah. Well, and that's back to my point. It's like, I, okay, what's the risk? Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I can opt out of it. And when you, when you say, well, you need two shots. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know. That risk doesn't seem right to me. I would like to opt out. And then it's, well, actually you're going to need a third and maybe some pills and probably a fourth. And I'm like, what am, am I like? Am I opting into a lifetime drug subscription here? Mm-hmm. Can somebody please explain to me what it is that you're even asking me to do? And I have not heard anybody be able to do that. Well, that's the thing. I don't hear anybody articulating it in a way that that demonstrates that their argument is somewhat sound. Like the most mm-hmm. sound argument that I can hear, uh, that I can understand is like, hey, we have this vaccine. And if you're at risk... This is this could be a really good thing that will work for you and help you to maybe mitigate those risks, you know. And I'm I'm speaking like my dad died from COVID, and he was vaccinated, so it's like, you know, it's, so it's like it's like, and I think it was it was good for him to be vaccinated. It's like he did have those those risks they were talking about, mm-hmm. and and that's a, that's a positive and a good thing, you right. know. But the thing that we're not talking about is that, you know. For, for most of us, it's actually better for us to get COVID and the, to, to actually have the, the natural immunity that right. would, that's actually better than any sort, any sort of shot. And that's not even being considered in your case. Like if you've had COVID, you may have, who knows, you may have the antibodies. Right. But so you're actually more protected than getting the vaccine. Right. So I think that the, the counter to that mm-hmm. from society would mm-hmm. be, well, yeah, it's a personal health choice for you, Yeah, but you're endangering other people. And that's why you need to get with the program here. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, you know, to which I would like to point out that the, the issue with that argument is so, okay, let's just start with transmission. 
you know, you're, you could transmit it more than a vaccinated person. You know, okay, maybe. Well, let's go look at the CDC. The CDC says that's true. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the FDA. The FDA says that's unknown. We can't know if that's true or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who am I to believe here? Like, am I capable of vetting which of these institutions has the right answer? Because we have our, our own public health institutions disagreeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got prominent members of the FDA resigning because they disagree with the booster shot program. And okay, I can't buy that argument then. Mm-hmm. So you're asking me to arbitrarily trust one over the other. And I'm, I can't do that. I mean, I, I could, but then that to me, if that's arbitrary, then I have to go back to my own personal health. Mm-hmm. I have to go back to my personal health risk assessment and say, what, what seems to me to be <clears throat> the best risk profile for me? And, and I think it really is different for all sorts of people. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, for your dad, for your parents, and even for my parents, I really support them getting the vaccine. Totally. Um, me, in my case, I would, if I had the choice between the vaccine and catching COVID, I think I would choose catching COVID. Mm-hmm. I think that would have the better out, long-term outcome for me personally. Yeah. Um, you know. But you're also assessing your health and, and where you're, you know. Right. Where you're at. It's like, right. And that's, that's a huge factor that... that that actually might be a, the better case for you. Mm-hmm. But for someone else your age that maybe not have the health that you have, getting the vaccine might be the best thing for them. Totally. And I, and I support everyone who has gotten it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that's what you felt like you wanted to do mm-hmm. and that was what was right for you, then absolutely. And I'm so glad it was there. Yeah. Totally. Um, I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you should feel the way I should. I feel. Yeah. Um, but I think that's, again, I want to come back to that. It it does not, it it does not keep you from catching COVID. Right. And that's, that's the thing that, uh, and again, if anybody listening has some other, I mean, we've kind of looked at tons and tons of stuff on this, you know, it's like, but we're not experts. But from what I understand is like, you know, whether you, uh, whether you've gotten the vaccine or not, it does not keep you from getting COVID or transmitting it. Right. It might reduce your chances of getting it. Reducing, it might yeah. reduce your tra- chances of transmitting it, you know, but it depends on who you're listening to. Yeah. Which authority you choose to believe in mm-hmm. that because the different authorities have different things to say about that. Yeah. Um, so you got to make your own personal choice. <laughs> totally. I think that's what makes it hard is because like so many things we want, we want things to be very cut and dry, clear, black and white. And sometimes it's easier to buy into the narratives that are black and white and clear. Well, and I think we, we kind of touched on this. I don't know what episode it was in, but there is a benefit to institutions saying, here's what you should do Mm -hmm. because it isn't clear. It isn't black and white there's all kinds of complexities yeah. and you know, it is completely acceptable for anyone to say, I can't go through the complexities. I would mm-hmm. like our institutions to do, tell me what they have found. And I would like to do that please. Yes. Uh-huh. And that's absolutely a good thing. Mm-hmm. Society couldn't function without, totally. you know, aggregating knowledge and authority into institutions. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, but there, we also, I think need, and it's one of the things that has made, um, well, post enlightenment society, Western civilization, such a powerful force for innovation, Mm. such a powerful force for prosperity is that we also have set up our society such that people can go, you know what? No, Mm. I don't agree with that. I'm, it's fine that you do, but I'm uh, no, thank you. Yeah. I'd like to opt out, please. Mm-hmm. I don't want this kind of job. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't want to live in that kind of city or state. Um, I don't want to participate in Southern Baptist culture. Um, and so those people generally go out and do something different. And this is kind of the idea of getting into free market ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, if the market isn't solving a problem that's satisfying to everyone, then somebody can say, well, I'm not satisfied. So I'm going to go try to solve a problem that I see. 
Mm-hmm. And that creates innovation. Yeah. And that creates prosperity. That's what has allowed us to go from, you know, um, not having cars or airplanes just under 120 years ago mm-hmm. to <laughs> having landed on the moon <laughs> 50 uh-huh. years ago. Totally. Yeah, there's something about like innovation and being able to say no to the status quo and stepping outside and saying something that is thought to be impossible and making it possible. You know, right. it's like I think Elon Musk is doing that right now with the rockets. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, I, I forget how many times. Like, I think one's been some have been reused like 15 or 20 times. Where before mm-hmm. you shoot a rocket into the space, it's done, it's over. You have to build a whole new one, you know? So like that type of innovation, it's like if you just had a system said, no, this is the way that you have to do it and you can't deviate from that. <coughs> it's like, we wouldn't, we wouldn't benefit from those innovations. I think the best, the analogy for the rocket innovation, mm-hmm. um, that I heard that made, uh, blew my mind was imagine if every time your car ran out of gas, you, <laughs> you sent it to the junkyard and they crushed it Uh and threw it away and you had to buy a new one. Yeah. That's what rocket travel was before three years ago, Mm -hmm. three years ago. Yeah. Maybe a little longer. Uh huh. Yeah. We, we we use shuttles, but that's, it's like, it's like for the last 50 years, we've all been driving cars and every time they run out of gas, they're crushed and new ones are built. And we just figured out, Oh, we could just refill the tank. Yeah. That's the level of innovation that has happened. Mm hmm. Which is scary. I mean, to kind of bring it back to the, you know, sort of compliance aspect, you know, whenever the government is not allowing nuance and that's, but I think you made a great point is like, like we do need institutions to help us work through these really complicated ideas, like to be able to trust our institutions. Yeah. Uh, But right. right now it's like, I think that's something that has many people are kind of calling into question more and more the vaccinated and the unvaccinated in this instance, as far as like, Oh, the overreach of losing your job and your livelihood. Like right. I, I sent Matt this, you know, in a, a country in Africa called EDOD or EDO, EDO, I think it is mm-hmm. like you, like they're not going to allow you to bank without a vaccination card. Right. You can't have access to banking services. I mean, what, what that, that's, and that's not even with all the comp- the complexities that we've been talking about. If you've had COVID, you're you're that much more protected than somebody who has had the shot, right? You know, or your or your age or your health. Like our kids are basically, it's I think it's even less than the flu type thing. You know, it's like yeah, I think um, in the last twelve months, twice as many children have died of pneumonia than died of COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we discussed that um, oh, last episode. a bit last mm-hmm. episode, but. You know, things like that. If you're not vaccinated, you can't have access to banking services. Again, it makes me think, okay, this isn't about my health then. It's not about public health either. So what is this about? Yeah. And and no, I don't want to participate because I don't know what you're up to. Mm-hmm. Because that makes no sense. I mean, I think to go back to sort of the opt-out, opt-in analogy, with a company saying you can't work here unless you... Um, get the vaccine is a bit like saying you can't work here unless you drive a car to work every day. You know, like, why do you care? Yeah. How do I get to work? Maybe I don't like the risk of, of motor vehicle transportation. Mm -hmm. You know, I would much rather take the bus or walk or ride a bike or even work from home. Mm -hmm. You know, like, why are you forcing me to opt into something that I don't want to opt into? Yeah. I think that's where motives come into question, you know, and if somebody, if you could explain that to me, if someone could explain that to me and say, you know, here's why, you know, in a logical way, a rational way, I would absolutely consider that. Well, I think the argument to this is like, again, maybe kind of leave some logic behind, but it's like, you know, if you've had COVID, if you get the vaccine, you'll be doubly protected. Now I don't, know of any i haven't seen any studies on that yeah according to what evidence according to what evidence but logically like you could maybe make that 
argument. It's sort of like, hey, you've had COVID, so you have the antibodies, and you had the shot, which which maybe limits the amount of exposure or symptoms that you would have from COVID. So if you put those two together, you got to... Well, gotta, but even if that even if that were true, mm-hmm. you know, if we pretend for a moment that that's true, mm-hmm. that's leaving out the other side of the, of the conversation, yeah. which is that there are risks involved. Yeah. There's risks in getting COVID. There's risks with the vaccines. Mm-hmm. So whatever additional benefit you might be getting, having already had COVID and getting the vaccine on top of it, you're also introducing new risk on top of it. Totally, yeah. So, you know, you, you have to consider these things and make the decision for yourself, like how much benefit is worth how much risk for mm-hmm. me individually. And then if you, want to, if, if you want to then extend that out to, to other people, it's sort of like, that's what the vaccine sort of is providing and touting is that protection. And so I think that's the, that's, that's the hard, it's the question that just drives me crazy is like, if the vaccines are effective, then why are we so, why are we so on or against people who choose not to take that risk? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's another thing that I've never really heard anybody explain very well, uh-uh. which is, yeah. Okay. If the vaccines are incredibly effective, Mm-hmm. at reducing um, contraction, transmission, symptoms, and death, then what does it matter to you if I have it or not? Mm-hmm. Again, this is the idea. It's like, if you're protected, then why do you, then why do you need to be protected from me? Yeah. If you're not protected, okay, then, then why do you want me to get it? Well, the other part of it is, is that they, like, they think that if everybody was vaccinated, then COVID would go away. Which isn't, which, well, is not even logically true based upon exactly the argument that I need to get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can still get it and transmit it, develop symptoms and die, then everybody being vaccinated does not make COVID go away. And you add on top of the fact that most of the vaccines that were being taken right now are for a strand that was mm-hmm. many strands ago. Like right. Delta is that much more removed from where these right. these vaccines were meant to encounter. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so, so again, I think that's the hard thing is like the more that you start to peel this onion apart, the less and less it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, can the vaccines be effective, somewhat effective to these different variants? Possibly. But we we just there's it, it's it to to require a vaccine to require vaccination against something that is somewhat removed from the original intent of the vaccine just seems asinine to me. Yeah. Well, and again, you're you're asking people to buy into a behavior or opt into a a program with no limiting principle, mm-hmm. a program with no end date. Yeah. This is just a part of what you're going to have to do. Continue to get boosters, continue to get new vaccines, and and no discussion of risk, and no discussion of compound risk. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a non-starter. Well, even even if it is net beneficial to me, mm-hmm. it's just a non-starter. And even in five years from now, we learn like, oh wow, actually, it was great. We don't know that right now. Like science does it, it can't not be tell us that. It, it can't cannot be known. be known. And so that's frustrating. So it's like, so I think a lot of things that you and I have like traversed over the last like 30 minutes, um, I think more demonstrates how complex this is and how much we don't actually know. We're doing our best. I believe that people are doing their best. And maybe even those who are staunch, everybody get vaccinated have good intentions. I want to believe that, you know, but I actually do believe that Yeah. for, for most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to Anthony Fauci and Joe Biden and the CDC, mm-hmm. I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't, I, and I don't believe it because if anybody should making, be making a cohesive, Yes. argument it should be them and they're not and on top of that they are 
changing their position constantly. Which people would say is like they're updating as a science updates. Yeah. It's like maybe. Yeah. Or maybe there's something else going on here. You know, I don't need to be a conspiracy theorist to ask that question. Mm -hmm. Like I should be able to say, this seems fishy to me. Yeah. No, thank you. And if you're going to take my job from me, then take it from me. Mm-hmm. And I will go find another job amongst like-minded folks who feel completely safe and, and tolerant of some amount of risk, you know, um, because safety always includes some amount of risk tolerance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a choice, I think. Like we were talking about the, the, um, the tension between, how do we frame it, between safety and freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Something like that. And so that, I think that kind of circles us back to this idea of where we started, where you said you were, you were on this sort of star Wars place. It's like, okay, so you have, you have the, the regime, you have the status quo, you have the, um, maybe sort of dogmatic mandate. Mm -hmm. And then you have those who say, no, thank you to that and are going to expose themselves to a tremendous amount of chaos and unknown and mm-hmm. risk in many other areas that simply feels more controllable to them. You know, I'm opting out of the vaccine, but by opting out of the vaccine, I am now opting into uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think there's, I think there's actually, I, I, when I'm, when I'm thinking about this specific thing, I think, COVID vaccines, unvaccinated and your, and everyone's stance on that kind of leads into a larger narrative that we've been seeing over the last maybe three, five years or something like that. I mean, it's, it's actually goes further back than this, but sort of like this, you know, you must, you must adhere to our dogma in order to be righteous. Right. And I think that's something that we've seen in a lot of other areas of like, whether it be academia or, uh, how you view the world mm-hmm. and that there's not a lot of room for complexity. It's more black and white thinking, you know, it's like, um, like if you don't think our laws are endemic, endemically racist, endemically, systemically, systemically, thank you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got pandemic and endemic on my head, right. <laughs> uh, systemically racist, then you are evil. I mean, that's, that's basically what people say right. is like, you're a racist, you know? Yeah. And so there's been a lot of black and white thinking kind of raising its, its head over the last two to three years specifically. And I think you and I have been following this for a little bit longer than that. Yeah. That is just not healthy. It's sort of like you must conform to our way of thinking and not think for yourself or deal with the complexities of these issues. Well, that's just, it's very true. It's like you're either racist or anti-racist. You're either pro-vaccine or anti-vaxxer. Yeah. You're either pro-life or pro-choice. You're either Republican or Democrat. Mm -hmm. And all of that is, is such is those categories are so narrowly defined and they're leaving out so much of the world, you know, and we could kind of go through and, and well, they're narrow and also broad. Like if you disagree with like, especially on the left right now, yeah, they're artificially broad mm -hmm. in that they are purported to describe the whole world, but they clearly don't. Yeah. Like you can be a liberal and not a Democrat. Mm -hmm. You can be a conservative and not a Republican. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of feel like that is something people aren't saying. It might be news (laughs) to some people, right? Or you could be an independent, Mm -hmm. which is like a, a a demographic that is just, isn't even talked about or um, talked to Mm -hmm. has no representation within government, you know, and even the the framing of um, pro vaccine or anti-vaxxer is a false dichotomy. Yeah. You know, you aren't one or the other. You could be either of those things, but you could also be completely pro vaccine skeptical about this particular one. Yeah. You know, or you, you might indeed be completely against all vaccines. So mm-hmm. it's like you might fit in those categories, but you very probably don't. Yeah. Or racist and anti-racist. Mm-hmm. I think most of the country is still like, I'm just not a racist, but the dichotomy says, well, you got to be one or the other. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so again, this is where my, my skepticism goes off and, I, and I'm thinking, why are we pushing everybody into these divisive areas? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we recognizing that these labels 
do, do describe something, but it's not even close to all of what is. Yeah. Why are we m- trying to push everybody into one or the other? Which kind of, I think where you were kind of leading to, um, just the idea of like, you know, the rebels in the empire, you mm-hmm. know, you know, the empire demands complete conformity. You must adhere to these principles. You might not understand what they are, but you must adhere to them in the way that we determine that these principles are. And then you have the rebels who are very diverge, diverse in their thinking and, and, and where they come from, their cultural backgrounds. You know, it's like you look at, I think that's why Star Wars is such a great example of this is you have people from all walks of life. And, and it's, it's, it's funny that you see this in the actual demographic of Star Wars where the rebels are presented as very uniform. And I don't think that's necessarily, it's not necessarily attribute or necessarily attributed to a certain like race or, or, or something like that. But the, I think they did that. It's more of a symbolic gesture, like, like thinking, like you couldn't, you cannot disassociate yourself from the way that the empire thought where the rebels were a conglomeration of a lot of people, a lot of cultures, a lot of different ways of thinking, but they were coming together for one thing, which mm-hmm. was like mm-hmm. the empire wanted to destroy them, you know? Um, and that they weren't willing to live in a society that made them all the same. So that's what the empire would want is the rebel forces to all conform into the same where the rebels inherent in their system was that they were all different, but united, which was the idea with the United States was like, we're all different, but united under one, you know, it's like, and we have these protections, you know, federal versus the state versus the County versus the city. Mm-hmm. There's these levels that protect us from that tyranny where in the empire, there is no difference between the empire at the highest level and the empire at the lowest level. It's conformity throughout, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't right. allow for any right. divergence. Right. And in those systems, you do not have people who think differently, think outside the box. You who, can't, it would threaten the, mm-hmm. the structure of that particular hierarchy. Exactly. So I do kind of, I'm, I'm very, I'm very interested in where we're headed. You're seeing this in academia uh, if you've been following this for the last five, even 10 years, it's like there's a sort of conformity that you have to conform to this certain ideology in order to be accepted and to belong. And, you know, people call it wokeism. People talk, call it um, uh, uh, postmodern, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But I think that where, the, where the, the real opportunity is and the real innovation happens is on those on is on those uh is on the outskirts you know with those who are rebelling against the status quo and i feel like there's there was a lot of room in that and well actually that's just historically like we sort of like historically we kind of all oh shoot i'm gonna go into many things here but there's a sort of like uniformity and conformity and then the sort of like we bust it up and need some like individuality and, and, you know, sixties and seventies you have, uh, uh, um, you know, the roaring twenties, you know, it's like, it's like something about being conformed or being trying to put everyone into a box. It's like, we have to kind of break out and well, it goes, it goes like, uh, let's take this back to our favorite analogy, the shores. Mm. You need you need what is known to be protected. You need your island to be protected, mm. you know, against um, erosion and and part of your landmass falling back into the sea, whether by erosion or earthquake or whatever. Hurricane, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's also an, an important part. It can be dangerous, but the landscape does need to change. Mm-hmm. Has to be updated as new information comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do you decide? You know what amount of disruption is acceptable? Like, when do we let people disrupt? If we don't ever let people disrupt, well, then you're living in tyranny and there will be no innovation. Mm -hmm. If you let anyone who wants to disrupt in any way they'd like to, you're living completely in chaos. Mm. And I think that the answer to this has something to do with free markets. Mm. Like, you know, okay, you don't want to comply... You know, here's what your 
uh, go off and do your own thing, you know, over there where it's not going to bother us. Mm -hmm. And those people will go off. And as you know, like any, anyone who has started a business or looked into starting a business probably knows that something like four out of five fail. Totally. Within the you first know, three right. years and then yes. three out of five of those in the five years. Right. And then, yeah. <laughs> so the chances of success of success are very low, mm-hmm. but that's actually a really good thing because it means that the things that succeed are really worth having. Mm-hmm. And the people who went out and failed did that on their own without you having to fail that way. Mm-hmm. And then you get the benefits of their failure selecting for the, the proper idea, which is successful. Yeah. And then you benefit from that. Um, so we need that. We need those dissidents and rebels to say no thank you and mm-hmm. to go find another way to live, another way to do things. Yeah. And, you know, and if they fail at it, that should be okay. We should want them to, in some sense, mm-hmm. and then hope that they come back with something successful to reincorporate. You know, it's completely fine for lots of us to be protected from that process. But if we, if we find ourselves setting up a society which says, here's the way you must behave, we compel behavior, we compel speech, we compel participation in healthcare mm-hmm. or the narratives yeah. or the narrative you aren't going to generate anything new mm-hmm. and the whole system is going to become stale the whole system is going to become gridlocked yeah or and degenerate then, and then it was yes well every i think everything is constantly de- degenerating mm-hmm. which is why you need new ideas yeah but if you're not allowing new ideas then not only is it degenerating in order to stop the degeneration, you, you need tyranny to enforce a top down rule Mm -hmm. and no one wants to live that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the same time, it's safe. You know, if, if someone tells you what to do, then you don't have to think for yourself. You don't have to question is this, is this good? Is this right? So there's a certain amount of like comfort that you can get from being told what to do, but that's also a slave mentality. It's, it's not even just a slave mentality. It actually is slavery. It is actually slavery. That's yeah. what slavery is. Uh, yeah. It, it's like, and, and I get that, you know, mm-hmm. I, there is safety in that, mm-hmm. you know, exactly what to expect and you have no, um, responsibility of individuality your responsibility is simply to say yes Mm -hmm. to whatever it is that's asked of you yeah and i I would i think argue that some amount of that's probably good Mm -hmm. but all of that everything being that way is not good yeah there's like a tipping point because we yeah and we actually as a country decided this isn't good Mm mm-hmm yeah. And it's also the checks and balances of federal and state specifically, you know, that we, you know, as we determine what is good for us as a nation versus what is good for us as a state, a county and a city, you know, can be very different. So we're going to allow for those differences. Um, <clears throat> and so I think there is, there is, there is, again, like you were saying, like there is something good about institutionals, institutional, um, direction but they have to allow for the diversity within the um i don't know (laughs) i lost my thought on that one yeah (laughs) Uh, well i'm really interested to see where things go i mean kind of um back to the idea of the dissidents and the rebels and, and the division that seems to be only growing, you know, I think it's really interesting that, um, you know, there was a lot of talk about how divisive Trump was and, you know, probably true. Um, but it seems to me like we are much more divided now than we were in 2016 
And, and, and this is not to argue about whose fault that is. It's just yeah. an observation that, that it, the division seems to be increasing. And how are we being divided? It's not exactly clear because it doesn't fall into those, those neat dichotomies that we laid out earlier. Mm-hmm. Even, you know, to our point earlier about the vaccine, we aren't exactly being divided into vaccinated and unvaccinated because there's plenty of vaccinated people who are like, I'm not okay with this. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to be on this side, even though I'm vaccinated. And there's plenty of unvaccinated people, um, I, I think, probably guessing a bit more on this one, but mm-hmm. might fall on the other side for other ideological reasons. Mm-hmm. But the divide seems to be increasing. And so what, what are the types of people that are going to fall on either side of that line? And what are those types of people going to do? Mm-hmm. And you know, my, to bring this back to a real world example, I'm thinking about the companies who are going to fire people for not being vaccinated. Well, what types of people are those? They're people who are contrarian, um, I would say uh, risk tolerant, Hmm. probably conscientious because they are thinking through not only short-term risks, but also long-term risks um, and accepting that they're going to have to find their way through uncertainty. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you have all of those people or that type of person, a bunch of that type of person displaced and they go start forming companies or, or consolidating themselves into existing companies. Mm-hmm. Those companies are going to be very different than the companies who are now left with the majority of people who aren't that type of person. Yeah. Um, and those two types of companies are going to do very different kinds of things. I mean, the part of me that's really, like curious mm-hmm. in general is like, Ooh, this could, let's watch this play out. This would be fun. <laughs> what, what, what's this going to do? Well, I think in that instance too, is like those who are forced out in the beginning stage, will will start some things and start to innovate. And then those who don't necessarily, that may be, let's just say in this instance, maybe vaccinated, but don't agree with the system will then leave those systems that required it to those who are more open-minded and risk tolerant. Yes. If there is, if, so if you take the company example, yeah, people will migrate from the current companies to the new companies. I mean, I think that's kind of always true, Mm -hmm. but if you have people going out and innovating new ways of behaving and new ways of engaging the world, people are going to move from the, stodgy older bureaucracies into those. And Mm -hmm. I doubt it will go the reverse. Yeah. Um, which is, is interesting because if you're going to enforce the categories that created the divide in the first place and people are now trying to switch, Mm -hmm. you're only going to have to become more tyrannical, more heavy handed, Hmm. enforce more mandates on behavior to stop that from happening. Yeah. Because otherwise it will happen naturally, mm-hmm. partly because everything is always degenerating. Mm-hmm. Entropy is fundamental. Um, and partly because it's a one way street. Yeah. The people who left who are willing to leave aren't going to go back and get vaccinated, mm-hmm. you know, unless they completely fail and it's the only way for them to survive. Yeah. But the incentive isn't there to go back. The incentive is there to move out into something once, it, once it's potentially proven safe even if that takes four out of five failures to get there. Yeah. Or at some point, maybe we do see like how more beneficial the vaccine is than not getting it, you know, which yeah, could be potentially, the case. That could be the case. Yeah. yeah. And they're right. like, Oh, okay, cool. No, there's enough time studies. Totally. That I can now safely say like, I'm willing to take that risk. Right. The study thing is really interesting because it's only now that I'm even seeing studies being done. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's like over the past couple of weeks, you know, somebody, uh, I can't remember who it was announced that they were going to do a study about the effects of the COVID vaccines on, uh, female menstruation and fertility, which is, and weird. I thought there, I'm seeing so many doctors come out right now saying it's safe for mothers to get vaccinated. Right. They've been saying it, but they're only now just studying it. Yeah. So again, what's up with that? Mm-hmm. And it could be completely safe. So, I mean, I don't want right. to, yeah. Again, it's one of those things where I'm like, I should be allowed to have questions about the timing of this. Yeah. Um, and there's another study that just came out that found that 
boys between the ages of 12 and 18 are six times more likely to develop myocarditis from the vaccine than they are to be hospitalized of COVID. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a scary study. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'll just add to that. That doesn't actually mean that the vaccine is more dangerous than getting COVID. Yeah. That's an analysis of two specific things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be the case that you're actually more you run a higher risk of getting myocarditis than you do of get what uh, getting COVID than you do of getting the vaccine. The study didn't say that mm-hmm. it said something very specific. The point is we don't know very much. Yeah. And well, there's not much you can do about that no. except for wait. Mm-hmm. And if in the meantime, you know, the institutions do need to make a decision if they're saying it's safe, you should get it. And you believe that mm-hmm. then absolutely go get it. But I think we need to retain people's right to say something sketchy to me, mm-hmm. and it's not adding up, and I'd like to say no thank you. Yeah. Or I'd like to at least prolong my, like, well, give me a little bit more time. For now. Yeah. For now. And that should be reasonable within, you know, these vaccines are so new. <laughs> right. The fact that it isn't seen as reasonable yeah. is, again, another one of those red flags to me. Mm-hmm. What's your motivation for saying I'm being unreasonable? Because it seems completely reasonable yeah. to point out the fact that these things are brand new and based mm-hmm. on brand new technology. Yeah. Just that alone should be enough for me to say I, that's too much newness for me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for, for like you and I, we've, we've looked into a lot of these things in, in pretty good depth as far as like, you know, uh, novices go, you yeah, know, right. You know, it is, it's something that like we do see like the, like we do, there's so many unknowns in this that it's really like if you and I as novices and with as nerdy as we are can be like, okay, there's a lot of question marks here. Please give me the, the freedom to be able to kind of forgo this for now, you know, a year from now might change my mind. Right. Well, yeah, Six and I would add to that, change my mind. and this goes back to the, the false dichotomy of pro-vaccine, anti-vaxxer. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying I don't, I'm, I, I, I'm unwilling to get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this is my position now. I'd also like the right to change my mind. Yeah. I'd also like the right to new information, mm-hmm. to new studies, mm-hmm. to more time. Yeah. And or then alternative, alternative uh, medicines too. Yeah. And the right to say, the right to say, I feel comfortable now. I'd like to do it now. Mm -hmm. But I think again, on the government side, it's like, it's like, no, we know what's best for you. And this is what's best for you. When in the history of America has (laughs) anyone ever said, yeah, the government knows what's best for me. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Have you been to the DMV lately? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, you know, there, there's, I, it, it's a little bit along the same lines. Like I know people will make arguments as far as like, I forget which, I think it was, it was it months and measles that they government mandated yeah, like the MMR vaccine, yeah, it's measles, MMR. months, rubella. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> there is historical precedence, but not with this sort of like, not in this sort of time frame, right. as far as like requiring something of this magnitude. Well, and who should decide? Well, you know, I can't, I can't speak um, authoritatively on that because that all happened before any of us were born basically. Right. So, you know, but I've looked up the measles. Mm -hmm. It's like your case fatality rates, like 30%. Mm -hmm. It's like a government mandate doesn't mean shit. No one's getting it because it's mandated. They're mm-hmm. getting it because they don't want to die. Yeah. 30% is like pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's not, it's not, you can't equate the two. I mean, they're similar only in the words mandate and vaccine. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's just different. Yeah. Damn, I, I, I did not know that part. <laughs> That's pretty intense. Well, it's, I mean, it's complicated. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, it depends on all kinds of different factors, but it was very, very deadly. Mm-hmm. You know, and another, inter- to me, 
insane observation. It's like, you remember back to February, March of 2020, mm -hmm. no one knew what COVID was going to do. Mm -hmm. There was estimates, right? Yeah. This could, be, this could kill off 10 to 15% of the population. Mm -hmm. Everyone is going to know at least one person who dies from this. Mm -hmm. And we were rightfully scared. Totally. You know, and I think if at that moment you had said, we got a vaccine, everyone would probably go get it. Mm -hmm. I probably would have gone and got it. Yeah. You know, again, less was known, but the unknown was so great that that was probably a risk that I would have mm -hmm. opted into. But a lot of time has gone on. We know a lot more. That original assessment was very far from the truth. It did not happen to be true. And the fact that we're not celebrating that. Yeah. Like we should be celebrating that mm -hmm. rather than continuing to operate at that original risk level that we set. Mm -hmm. But we're not. Yeah. I mean, like I hesitate to say this. You know, but we did, we pointed out um, a couple of episodes ago about how the first person under 18 died in Travis County recently. Mm -hmm. And it's a tragedy. Mm -hmm. But also, holy shit, we thought it was going to be way worse. Yeah. And not only is it not way worse, it's the best not way worse for our children. Yes. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's just hard for people to, to grasp that idea because, I mean, what's what's then thrown back at you would be like... Well, all these people died. It's like, yes, tragedy, yeah. horrible. But man, thank God it hasn't affected our kids. Yeah. Like they're the ones who have 60, 70, 80 years ahead of them. You the know, most to lose. The most to lose. Right. I'm 43. I might lose 40 more years of my life. You know, right. it's like, but I think that's the thing is we, you know, it's like, we should be really looking at what's best for our kids. You know, it's like, and I think a lot of the things that we're mandating and putting on our kids in school and stuff like that is pretty, pretty ridiculous and harsh, you know, as far right. as like how it actually affects them. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's hard because like, I think we got stuck in a lot of like, like the, a lot of the COVID stuff. And, and, and again, I think that the amount of complexity that's happening here. Um, I think that's what makes it really difficult. And, but I think the point that you and I are making and correct me if I'm wrong is that we cannot, we cannot mandate these black and white ways of thinking because of the complexity. And the more that you do that, the more divided we're going to become. Excuse me. Does that work? Yeah. Yeah. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. <laughs> I could probably poke at it a bit, but yeah. um, I think that's a good way to end it. I also, um, I, I would just like to ask all of you listening, uh, poke at us. Yeah. If you've made it this far, you're either, <laughs> you either agree with us, um, you know, or, <laughs> or you're like super triggered right now. Uh -huh. And either way, um, we love you. Yeah. Um, and to your point, it's super complex. Mm -hmm. And if we are thinking in a way that seems incorrect to you, I would love for you to tell us that. Mm -hmm. Find us on Instagram and tell us that. Find me on Twitter and let's argue. Mm -hmm. let's, let's discuss. We need more of that. Yeah. And I'm totally here for it. Well, I mean, too, I mean, like these are, I mean... I mean, you guys can see us also stumbling through this, you know, and we've also, which kind of drives me nuts a little bit is we've referenced a lot of studies, a lot of things that Matt and I have read, but don't have at hand. And I can, I definitely, <laughs> that would drive me nuts as a listener. And I, yeah. I, 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 I totally want to acknowledge that. So, um, so sorry for maybe we might not be able to put all the references into the notes. We, yeah, we probably won't. <laughs> probably won't. <clears throat> but but I will say two things about that. One, if we have referenced something that you would like uh, a link to, mm -hmm. just ask. We'll find it. We'll send it to you. Yeah. Um, we don't do great show notes. Mm -hmm. Um, because neither of us really have the capacity <laughs> to. <laughs> so if you are listening and you uh know someone or you yourself would like to help contribute to that. Oh yeah. That'd be um, awesome. 
and you just happen to like kind of be noting things as you're listening, send it to us. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we are in grave need of that we haven't really admitted to ourselves is help <laughs> with this podcast. Uh-huh. Um, so if you'd like to help, let us know. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. Cause we definitely want to do more with this. Yeah. Cause we also just love doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for coming to the shores with us. Yeah. Thank you guys. We love you. Love you. Bye. Stay safe. Bye.